Welcome to the Fit Money Podcast, where we'll discuss something we all need throughout our entire life, financial literacy, but also asking the tough question, why aren't students learning it? Financial literacy is more than the math and a behavior we'll need beyond the classroom. So we're learning how we can help students, families, and teachers build a new generation of financially fit students everywhere. On today's episode, Fit Money Executive Director Jessica Peltier sits down with Abby Coyle and Katie Gracie, the founders of Class Equity, a new classroom tool teaching responsibility, saving, and healthy spending through creating your own classroom economy. Together, they discuss how we can implement financial literacy into what students already understand and the power of giving them that control, empowering teachers with what they need to explore how it looks within their own classroom, and how behavioral education is best learned in our everyday life. Hi, Katie. Hi, Abby. So great to see you today. Hi, Jessica. Great to see you too. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And I know the bulk of our conversation today is going to be around our very shared excitement around financial literacy, but I want to start first and learn more about you guys and your past. Uh, You were both teachers, is that correct? Yep. We both were middle school math teachers. Um, We both did Teach for America, so I taught seventh and eighth grade math. Um, we both were in low-income communities. I was teaching actually out in Hawaii, which is kind of a fun fact, um, but my school was right next to the local homeless shelter, right across from one of the biggest tent cities in our country. Um, so I think, you know, having having that firsthand experience of seeing our students in the classroom and us not giving them schools the skills to break mm-hmm. those cycles of poverty, that's really what inspired Katie and I to get into this financial literacy work, which I know we'll dive into in a few minutes. Absolutely. Katie, what was your experience? Um, similar taught sixth grade math um, in Nashville, actually, not Hawaii, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw a lot of the same patterns. Um, we had a pretty similar student population. And um, I think for me, one thing that makes this work so amazing is that kids love to talk about money. It's definitely not something that you have to drag out of them. Um, it's just, you know, making sure that they have the tools to talk about it and, and providing that space, which you guys are doing. So we're really happy to be here and to, to start some of these conversations. That's funny that you mentioned that about kind of the taboo that seems to be discussing money among adults. Yeah. And I do think you're right. We have such an opportunity with young kids because they don't have that stigma yet. They're not They don't have that kind of perception that, oh, gosh, maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. So um, how do you utilize that in a classroom when I think, you know, conversations at home are probably not happening? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. What what we're trying to do is bring in all of those real world scenarios into the classroom so that on top of, you know, having the opportunity to talk about them, students also have the opportunity to experience mm-hmm. what they're going to see in the real world. So with class equity, students can apply for classroom jobs and now earn a salary for that position. Um, they can fill out a resume and some teachers have gotten really um, creative and have their principal come in to do job interviews. So it brings in that opportunity to actually talk about what is it like to uh, be hired for a job and, and apply and all those career exploration topics that teachers want to bring into their classroom. Um, and then on top of that, students can earn bonuses for positive behaviors like um, showing perseverance or helping out a, a teammate. Um, And then they can save up and purchase rewards from the classroom store. 
but they also now have to pay real world bills like rent for their desk, um, which is also something that, you know, isn't taught in schools, but something that everyone is going to have to experience in the real world. So now conversations about um, budgeting, delayed gratification, inflation, the housing market, these are all topics that can be brought into the classroom between teachers and students. Um, Katie and I got to visit one of our middle schools a couple weeks ago, and it was so funny talking uh, to some of the students in the lunch line, just, you know, asking how how they thought class equity was going, uh, what they liked, what they didn't like. They were like, it's so cool. We even have to pay rent. I was like, I <laughs> wish this excitement would continue into the real world. It does not. But the fact that students can have those conversations and experience it, you know, I think is is so impactful for, for changing uh, mindsets and perspectives. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We have some teachers who have, instead of, you know, sitting down and saying, today we're going to learn about inflation, the conversation comes up really organically because students log in and they say, hmm, I noticed that this pencil is a bit more expensive than it used to be. What's going on? And that opens the door for those conversations. And it comes up, you know, more organically than if it was, you know, time set aside to Mm -hmm. discuss this concept. It's just something that they're dealing with day to day. um, And it provides more context to them in an authentic way. That's so fantastic. Because we all know that experiential learning and project-based learning is, is not only so effective, but I think teachers... Um, are utilizing it more and more, especially with digital programming that whether it has come about from, you know, COVID inspired kind of remote learning, or even programs before that. Um, So tell me how class equity works. Is it something that you would hope that the students are using every single day? Is it something that they can do maybe financial Fridays? We have teachers that have kind of adapted it to fit their needs. Um, But what we see most teachers doing is they use it daily. Um, Mm -hmm. Students are logging in as that reflection piece to not only see those behavior incentives like the bonuses, Mm -hmm. uh, but also to do that budgeting. So some features are generally used daily like the bonuses, whereas we generally see teachers sending salaries on a biweekly schedule, um, just like many people actually get paid on a biweekly schedule, again, bringing Mm -hmm. in that real world um, piece. Um, And then expenses happen monthly, but students are logging in every day, um, reflecting on their work and teachers are logging in, you know, most teachers have it up all day and they're sending those positive reinforcement pieces throughout the day. Kind of thinking back to, you know, why Katie and I started Class Equity in the first place, you know, we have all of these plans as teachers to bring in these meaningful learning experiences into our lessons, but just felt like we didn't have any time or resources to do Mm -hmm. that. Um, So with Class Equity, you know, I think what, what we're doing differently is we're baking in that financial literacy into classroom routines that teachers are already using. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about classroom management, that positive reinforcement, um, classroom jobs, which some people you know may think just as elementary, but we're seeing a lot of success with classroom jobs in middle school and high school. So I think by baking it into what teachers are used to, um, it, it makes it really seamless to implement because as Katie mentioned, now these conversations are just coming up um, instead of having to actually carve out time in their daily lesson plans to do it. We talk at Fit Money about obviously our students are kind of the primary beneficiary. They're the ones that are going to be taking these ph- phenomenal habits and you know learning about how to make tough decisions and, and whatnot through the curriculum that, that we provide in a, in a similar way. But we also hear that our educators are almost kind of secondary beneficiaries because they, and I think would be the first to say they didn't get financial literacy education when they were in school. Um, So talk about many, uh, an experience that you might've had and and hopefully many 
of, of a teacher that actually says, you know, I'm actually learning something myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the reason that we started this, um, you know, it was just an idea that we had. And our first step was just talking to teachers, talking to as many teachers as we possibly could about, is this a tool that would be helpful for you? Does it resonate mm -hmm. with you? And the number one reason that most teachers aren't incorporating financial literacy into their classroom is because they don't feel like they're prepared mm -hmm. to teach it. Um, and even, yeah, I was just talking with um, a teacher the other day about what um, budgeting portions they wanted to add in. And, and they kind of started the conversation a bit timidly. And, and we're like, well, my journey with financial literacy started by researching for myself and then bringing those concepts to my students. So I think it's something, as we were talking about the stigma of, you know, talking about these concepts, teachers are sometimes hesitant to share that, um, but that's that's definitely a, a big barrier in creating tools like this and like y'all's that can bring an access point, not only for students, but also for teachers is, is so important. And what about the family connection? Is there an opportunity? Because again, we see this as well, um, that because it's such a holistic journey. You know, we all know that just like learning reading, you know, the first time, hopefully that you're not picking up a book is, you know, in kindergarten, hopefully your, your parents or caregivers or grandparents have, you know, read to you as, as a very young uh, uh, student. So how can we do a better job really making the full circle? And, and is there an opportunity for parents to perhaps do some of this at home? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of our, our long-term visions is to build a way for uh, parents to connect with the app, um, either, you know, being able to not only check their students' progress, but also, you know, maybe get notifications themselves of, hey, have you actually set up a savings account for your student yet? Did you know if you put aside $20 a month, look at how much this will grow over the course of your child's education? Um, but currently right now, I think, you know, what we're really trying to spark as well, like you were saying with this podcast, is just conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a big study done on a paper version of a classroom economy back in 2016 um, that showed students gained as much in financial literacy knowledge in 10 weeks of this experiential learning as they would in a semester-long personal finance course. And a lot of that was personal uh, finance socialization at home and how often they actually talk about these concepts at home with their parents. So parents even reported seeing, you know, more conversations around the dinner table and, and more, um, uh, you know, excitement and interest from their students at home. So I think starting off there and making it something that they can talk about and share about and a student can go home and say, look, I just received my paycheck. I'm so excited to, you know, buy five minutes of extra recess. Oh, but I got to save up for my bills. You know, having those conversations also helps bring the parents into the conversation as well. Oh, that's such a great example. I would love to see that study because I believe the same thing, the, the experiential opportunity to see the student themselves in the driver's seat um, can be a much shorter window of time than if it's just the passive kind of more traditional education that, you know, certainly I am a little older than you, but, you know, certainly I received as a, as a student. Um, we're the same at Fit Money. You know, I think the, there are so many barriers to getting this into a classroom. You know, Katie, I completely agree that teachers might be scared themselves, they didn't do it, you know, or perhaps their bills don't look so great. So they, you know, maybe feel a little hypocritical teaching about good financial literacy if they've got loans and, and right, debt. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's not difficult. And so there are such great resources, obviously class equity being, being so important and it doesn't take, you know, weeks and weeks and months and months. It's really just short, spurts of kind of behavioral education um, that, 
that we think is so important and, and sounds like uh, it really is the same for you. I, I was going to say, you know, I think it, it's starting off small as well. Jessica, mm-hmm. I know when we first spoke, we were chatting about how uh, financial habits start forming at the age of six. And a lot mm-hmm. of that is just from seeing what's going on at home, seeing information on the TV, in the classroom. Um, so just you know, bringing that in at an early age, it doesn't have to be this full blown semester long course. It can be right. little conversations here and there, but just so it's a, a normal thing to talk about and mm-hmm. an experience throughout the course of growing up so that by the time that you actually do have to pay your bills and save up and budget, that you're ready to do it because you've had practice growing mm-hmm. up instead of, you know, how it is right now, where you're kind of just thrown out into the real world and said, okay, here you go. Good luck. And do you focus primarily on that middle school space? So we actually have all grades using it, um, K through 12. Some of the younger students, you know, they're not necessarily ready to make deposits themselves. Teachers in, you know, K through three, we see it using more as kind of a tracker. But starting in third grade, all the way through 12th grade, students are generally logging in, making those deposits and withdrawals. Um, And as Abby mentioned, I think the middle to high school range initially are kind of hesitant on the jobs portion. You know, it's, it's kind of traditionally thought of as an elementary school um, sort of thing, but we've gotten really great reception. I know as a middle school teacher, I probably would have been in the camp of jobs will never work in middle school. Like that sounds like <laughs> a lot of work. Um, but the the feedback we've gotten from middle and high school is that it really can be transformative, especially because they're old enough to really take on the responsibility. And that's where we see it really reach some of those students and can be kind of tricky to to reach otherwise is it's just offering them a hand and saying, you know, I trust you to do this job. Here's some responsibility. Um, and they really respond to that. Um, we see a lot of teachers also weave that into their store. You know, instead of it being pencils or markers in the store, it could be extra responsibility like mm-hmm. free seating choice or um, some extra time with technology or something that um, one student when we were at that school that Abby mentioned um, they met, they said, I like class equity because it gives me a sense of control, which Abby and I kind of looked at each other like, oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. We hadn't really thought of that before. And mm-hmm. students feel like, oh, okay, I can kind of, I'm, I have control over my own money, over my own situation in my classroom. And that's been really exciting to see in, in those older grades and in the younger grades mm-hmm. as well. But going off that uh, classroom job piece as well, uh, when Kate and I were chatting with these students, another student was like, oh, I love class equity because I make school so interesting. And so I was like pushing back, you know, why? Expecting him to say, oh, because I get to buy talkies from the class store, you know, something like that. And he was like, because I have a job, I have responsibility. So it makes coming to school fun. And that was just such a cool realization moment of, you know, as students get older, they should be given more responsibility. We shouldn't be taking it away and saying, okay, now I can just do it myself as the teacher. But giving them the opportunity to step up and play a role in their community um, mm-hmm. is so, so powerful for, for that middle and high school age range. Katie, you mentioned uh, control. I mean, what a great valid- validation statement from that student. Right. I do think that even as adults, one of the things that makes money so scary is that loss of control. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like if you don't have a PhD in financial economics that you can't make the decisions that, you know, and, and it really does separate kind of the, the more fortunate to the less because you just feel like if I, if I didn't get that, you know, extra degree in this or I don't understand about investing and, and whatnot at, at a later age that you just have missed out and you've lost control of your finances. So, man, that's, that's really powerful what that student said is that they're, they're in the driver's seat, they're in control. Um, I, you probably couldn't have asked for a better, right? <laughs> a better I, mean, I just statement. kept looking at each other. And we're like, 
are they really saying this? Like, are we being yeah. blamed right now? It's, it's like they're word for word saying what we want to put on the website. Like, I know, I know. I, I love it. I love it. I also want to say, you know, a, a huge kudos to really focusing on, you know, early earning. You know, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. We we talk to our younger kids, and I know my my young kids have certainly done lemonade stands and whatnot. So I think. I think at a young age, we forget that kids really are, first of all, they pay attention to every single thing you say and you, and you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know that, that work is, is what, you know, their, their parents and their community and their neighbors are doing. Um, and they want to participate in that. So I love that they have that opportunity with you. We as an organization and some of our partners are actually starting to see the, the conversation around career um, really going into those younger grades. Uh, you know, I think traditionally it was, you know, junior or senior year, that's when you're thinking about college. And so maybe someone says, oh, by the way, what do you want to be when you grow up? And by that time, it's way too late. You, you've missed out on kind of directing some of your education based on really kind of who and, and what you want to do. So I love that you you focused um younger to, to get kids to think about that. Do you, do you see any conversations in that realm of kind of career and what the possibilities are for kids by, by that earning mechanism? Yeah, definitely. And I think having those different uh, jobs that students can apply to and a jumping off piece for those conversations. Um, so some of the classroom jobs we've seen are, you know, interior designer, where a student mm. can help their teacher decorate the classroom and they're practicing those skills. Maybe that's something that they want to do when they're older or, you know, even a teacher's assistant, um, you know, mm. a student that may want to be a teacher when they grow up and now they get to practice that and we've had some teachers share that they have a, a class podcaster where they get to go around and interview other students and, um, you know, play around with the tech and publish that for their class. So I think it's because you can customize the platform really for any setting. Um, there are so many opportunities to bring in real world job opportunities that students can test out and play around with in the classroom. And everything about financial literacy that we all care about so much is exactly because it is real world. And some of those jobs that you mentioned are real world jobs. They're going to be the jobs of the future. Obviously, we know here we are on a podcast. We know that there are plenty of opportunities for, you know, podcast technicians and whatnot. And so I love that, you know, that certainly we will always need doctors and lawyers and and bankers. uh, But I love that we're allowing kids the flexibility to think outside the box and think about what they really, you know, even if it's facilities management at the school and helping in that realm, you know, we, we have to, as a society, we have to do a better job of opening doors for people and, and letting them see where they fit. Um, so right. I, I love that your your tool is is allowing that. Um, lastly, I just want to talk about your outreach um, because obviously there are a lot of schools out there and and millions and millions of students. You know, what is your outreach um, kind of mechanism and and how do you other than talking to me today and others, how do you get the word out there? We're really kind of just growing through word of mouth and relying on our teachers. Um, So we're now in over 600 schools. Um, We're supporting, I think we just reached 18,000 students across the country. Um, And we're in 11 different countries too. And that growth has really been just through our teachers sharing it with other teachers. I think about 50% um, of our users came to us from hearing about it from another teacher. We had one um, teacher share that she heard about us at the grocery store. I was like, I just absolutely (laughs) love that that's a conversation that you're having at the grocery store. Um, But then another 25% came to us just through Google SEO. 
And then I think that shows the the power of financial literacy and teachers looking for solutions that they can bring into their classroom. You know, they see it as a problem as well and are, are trying to actively solve it. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've been on some podcasts and some blog posts and some other kind of more traditional outreach methods. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to be on here. So hopefully you can reach some more teachers as well and, and band together and, and bring financial literacy across country. Fantastic. Well, Katie, Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're definitely going to put this up on social media and share. And cause I think, uh, it's a, it's a tool that everyone should use. It sounds like all the kids using it, uh, really love it. And, Again, creating that big circle and cycle that's uh, helping kids take that control uh, that we all need. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for starting the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining us today on the Fit Money Podcast. Whether you're a caregiver, teacher, or student yourself, there's plenty of great K-12 resources to begin or continue your financial literacy journey at fitmoney.org. Visit the show notes for more from today's guest and financial literacy activities for the classroom, at home, or on the go. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy learning, earning, and saving.